Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to this week's Gradcracker webinar, where we're joined by a company focused on developing life-saving technologies, Martin Baker. Martin Baker has been the world leader in the design and manufacture of ejection and crashworthy seats for over 70 years and offers unique experiences for graduates and placement students. Their technologies have saved over 7,600 lives to date, and some of these just in the last couple of weeks. So by working for Martin Baker, you'll be able to see the real life impact of the work that you do on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, Gradcracker has been working with Martin Baker for over five years, making them a proud member of the Gradcracker Five Year Club. And each autumn, Martin Baker advertises year-long placement opportunities for a range of STEM disciplines, and they also have multiple graduate roles that are available throughout the year. So this is something that makes Martin Baker stand out from many other employers, as their graduate roles are really jobs from day one, rather than a specific graduate scheme. And our panellists are going to give us um, a bit of an insight into that today. Now, the, the Martin Baker Gradcracker Hub is the perfect place to head to after the webinar today to find out even more about this fascinating company. You can watch videos showcasing their products and tests and delve into the company history before finding and applying to their current graduate roles. So right now they're closed for applications, but we'll have um, um, opportunities opening soon. So make sure you follow them to be alerted to all of those new roles. So from Martin Baker today, we're joined by Lizzie, Harry and Matt. Now I work really closely with Lizzie as she looks after the early talent recruitment and she's going to give us an overview of what they look for in candidates and the recruitment process that you might go through. And Harry and Matt are both systems engineers. Harry joined on the placement program before staying as a graduate and Matt joined directly as a graduate, both of them in 2018. And both Harry and Matt used Gradcracker extensively during their time at university to look for opportunities. So we're going to start by coming over to Lizzie now. So hi, Lizzie. Thank you. Hello. For <laughs> um, can you start by telling us a little bit more about Martin Baker? Sure, no problem. Um, so we were founded by our founder, Sir James Martin, back in 1929. Um, we actually started by the name of Martin's Aircraft Works. Um, and shortly after, he teamed up with his good friend and pilot, Captain Valentine Baker, and thus Martin Baker was born from there. Um, they actually started by building uh, aircrafts initially, um, but uh, in 1942, um, there was a test flight of an MB3 prototype and Captain Baker was testing it for us. And tragically, the engine seized and he was actually killed on that day. And as a result, Sir James Martin decided to change the focus of the business to pilot safety, pilot survivability. And that's the core purpose of our kind of company still to this day. Still family owned, so Sir James Martin had two sons, two twin sons, Jim and John Martin, who own the business. They're the managing directors today, and each of them have a son that's also involved in the business. So still very much a family business at heart. Great. That's brilliant. And what's your role within the business, Lizzie? Yep. So I work in the HR department in the recruitment team. So I get involved with recruitment all across the business, but especially the year in industry and the graduate roles. Great. And um, both the graduates that have joined us today um, work on defence projects that we're going to hear a bit more, uh, more about later on. Um, but as a business, you're also involved in civilian and commercial projects. So can you tell us a bit more about how that works and, and that side of the business? Yeah, sure. No problem. Um, so we also supply what are called crashworthy seats into various um, aircrafts. So it can be things like air ambulances, police helicopters, 
commercial aircraft as well. Um, the difference with a crashworthy seat is um, they stay within the aircraft, but it works to kind of absorb the impact. So kind of if the aircraft were to crash, um, it kind of absorbs the impact and minimizes the injuries sustained. Um, it's a smaller part of the business, but it's definitely a growing part of the business. So a little bit of a kind of different area to know about. Mm-hmm. So this is um, when we're looking at like helicopters and things like that, because you don't eject out of a helicopter. Yes, (laughs) exactly that. So it will just mean that should anything happen whilst you're in a helicopter, um, it would, yeah, absorb the impact of landing rather than trying to escape the aircraft. Brilliant. And what other things do you do around sort of commercial and civilian projects? Or is that mainly in the helicopter areas or are there any other things that you do as a business in that area? Uh, predominantly helicopters um, as I say similar sorts of things in terms of air ambulances police they tend to be the kind of main customers um, very very few um, in the the full commercial aircraft industry but it is an area that we kind of have a little insight into. Brilliant and um, I kind of briefly touched upon it in the introduction the types of roles that you have available your year in industry program and then your entry-level graduate jobs but could you tell us a little bit more about those types of vacancies and maybe how they differ a little bit as well? Sure, no problem. Um, So I'll start with our year in industry roles. Um, So we have a variety of different departments that our year in industries can go into. We've got mechanical systems and production engineering. We've got environmental test, seat test, quality programs, design support, IT security, we have all sorts of things going on. Um, We've actually just finished our uh, intake for this uh, coming summer, and we've just made offers to 17 students across 11 different departments. So we're going to be nice and busy next year, hopefully. Um, The majority of our roles are based at our headquarters, which are in Denham, which is just near Uxbridge, so west of London. Um, But we did this year also take on one student in our other facility in the UK, which is at Chowgrove, which is just south of Oxford. Um, That facility is mainly our pyrotechnic and our airfield. Um, So we have a few opportunities available there. The majority will be at our kind of headquarters in Denham. Mm -hmm. In terms of graduate roles, so similar sorts of areas that they work across. There's a couple of additional areas that are sometimes available for graduate roles. So things like sourcing, or pyro manufacturing as well. So all sorts to get involved in straight from uni. <laughs> pyro manufacturing sounds fascinating. <laughs> all sorts really. Um, so they attempt essentially do a similar sort of thing to our manufacturing engineers but instead of looking at the manufacturing of components and projects they look at the manufacturing of the pyro and the way that we kind of assemble that and include it within the seat. So there's always interesting things to get involved with at Martin Baker. Yeah, absolutely. And we were just saying before we started the the webinar today that, you know, Martin Baker is very unique, not just in the way that they recruit, but also as a business, there's no one else like them in the UK. You won't find anyone else manufacturing and and designing um, ejection seating in the UK. So um, really do have very unique opportunities. So um, it's a great company to to look at. And like Lizzie was saying, the type of opportunities they've got available, there are so many different departments that you can work in. And we're going to be hearing more specifically about one particular department today from Harry and Matt. Um, But coming back to you, Lizzie, now, um, because your vacancies and your graduate jobs are quite different, um, they are jobs from day one, as I mentioned, rather than a graduate scheme. How would you kind of describe the difference between what a graduate job is and what a graduate scheme might entail? 
Yeah, sure. So um, graduate schemes are typically fixed term contract roles and you might kind of rotate after kind of a couple of months round to a different department and see all sorts and get involved like that. Um, we don't typically work like that um, at Martin Baker. We instead, like you say, offer a role, a graduate job. Um, so there's a fair few kind of different benefits and we find that it just suits us as a business, but also it's really good for the graduates that join us. Um, so a couple of different reasons why um, you can specialize straight away. So if there's an area of your degree that you found really interesting or that you got exposure to on a placement year or something like that, you can just go into that as a career. You don't have to kind of still be um, dotting around different areas. You can you can fully immerse yourself in it. And then alongside that comes the ownership. So because you're in a role, um, you'll get given projects and you can see them through to completion. They're rarely completed within a couple of months. So it just means that you kind of get to own that project and work through it, as I say, from beginning to end. So that can be really useful and give you a really good exposure to the business. Yeah. Like I say, it's also a permanent role. So there's no end date on your contract. You don't have to worry in two years time about finding another role or the next step. You are in the business for as long as you want to be here. Um, and what that means is you're also fulfilling a business need. We've created the role because the business needs that role to be fulfilled. We've not created a graduate vacancy for the sake of it. It is a job that we need doing and a graduate would be perfect to do it. And then it also lends itself into um, the kind of development, the kind of what next question after your graduate role is almost up to you. Obviously, whatever works for you, your manager, the department, the business, we're happy to support you. So if you want to kind of graduate out of that graduate's title, as it were, then you're welcome to do so. But equally, if you want to expose yourself to the other departments that you've not had a chance in, um, then you can apply internally for those too. So there's so many different options by coming in just as a kind of full-time permanent graduate role. Yeah, so just because you join as a graduate doesn't mean that you can't experience other areas of the business. Yeah, it's definitely. The opportunity to really specialise from day one. Um, and Harry and Matt are going to be great examples of, of that when we when Jess speaks to them in a little while about you know their journeys because they are they've now graduated from the graduate yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and our systems engineers so that's great um okay fab thanks so much for that overview Lizzie um just coming back to really the recruitment process now uh, what would you what is the recruitment process for the year-long placements and graduate roles and has there been any effect or any change because of COVID on this yeah, so it can vary role to role just because obviously different requirements lend themselves. Um, but as a starting baseline, all of our graduate roles need a CV, a cover letter and an application form. And our year in industry roles, just an application form. And those can be found on the Grad Cracker pages for each of the roles that they're relevant to. And then from there, you might be invited to complete some online testing for us. Um, for our engineering roles, that's typically mechanical comprehension. Um, and then from there, you might be invited to one or even two interviews um, to kind of assess both competency and technical ability. And then also uh, an aspect that this one is that what varies the most role to role is you might be invited to do some kind of practical assessment. So that could be working through a live problem. Um, it could be discussing an engineering drawing or working through a component or something like that. So it can be quite varied. In terms of how it's changed from a COVID perspective, obviously we've had to move things virtually. Um, we used to always have people come on site for their interviews, which we obviously haven't been able to do as of late. So we've uh, kind of made full uh, use of Microsoft Teams. Um, we've been doing the majority of our interviews 
through there. Um, but what we have offered is for everyone that we've kind of made offers to, um, where it's obviously safe to do so and where everyone's comfortable to do so, we will invite them onto the site so that they can kind of see the facilities, meet the team, try the commute out even, um, and just make sure it's the best fit for them. So that's right at the point between being offered the role and before they accept it so they can obviously kind of see everything get the full picture before they commit and we found that that's been really useful for a lot of our new starters to kind of just see what we do and and kind of where we are and things like that but whilst also kind of having done all of the the recruitment and filtering beforehand in as safe as a manner as we can yeah that's brilliant I've not heard of that before actually having people come in um, to the office between that offer and acceptance at this stage that's really good um and how's the business operated during the last 12 months or so and under the COVID-19 restrictions you know obviously being a manufacturing business there must have been some sort of challenges that you guys have had to to overcome let's say (laughs) yeah so I guess the main thing is we haven't stopped which is a really good thing we've been really busy um obviously we have had people um all sorts of changes happening in place so our manufacturing has continued um throughout there was kind of no stop to that um so people that could work from home have been working from home to allow those that needed to be on site to continue doing so Um, We were actually quite lucky Um, in January 2020, we just finished a new engineering building construction, which gave us a lot more space that we hadn't had before. And it was kind of perfect timing for us. So what's happened is um, our manufacturing, because we have to put extra safety protocols in place, the main one being distancing, and we've been able to kind of spread them out into areas that were previously offices and desk spaces, so that we're not only continuing operations, but we're continuing at full capacity. Um, So it's been really good from that perspective. We've had no one on furlough. We've made no redundancies. So we've actually been doing really well as a business, um, as they just with a few kind of tweaks and changes here and there, kind of working from home, as you can see around the business. So, yes, it's, it's been an interesting year for sure. But it's fantastic that, you know, like you said, you haven't had that furlough or redundancies and you've been able to continue at capacity and, and, and continue all the way through, which is great, which should give, you know, any students watching this, you know, real confidence that you're a very secure business and you're going to be here for many, many years to come. So yeah, <laughs> thank you so much for that introduction, Lizzie. That was really, really interesting. Um, we're now going to shift over and meet our grads in a bit more detail. So Matt, starting with you, can you tell us mm-hmm. where and what you studied? Uh, so I went to uh, Southampton University. I uh, did a four-year degree on aerospace engineering. Uh, that was within uh, masters, uh, integrated masters in the end, as well as that. So it's a three-year sort of um, uh, BEng course plus an extra year for the integrated masters. Uh, so I finished that in uh, sort of summer 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from there, I sort of started applying for some jobs, uh, including using GradCrack itself. And then eventually, I sort of uh, found a job with Martin Baker. And yeah, sort of that's where it starts off, really. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so joined in 2018. And Harry, coming to you, same to you, where did you go to uni? What did you study? So I was the same as Matt. I did aerospace at Southampton. Um, I started on the four-year course, just like Matt. And then in between my third and fourth year, I took a year out. I got the placement at Martin Baker. Um, and after a few months of the placement, they offered me a full-time job. So I thought instead of going back and getting the master's, I'll just continue working and uh, ended up leaving with a bachelor's. But I think that was the right decision in the end. Yeah, Um, a full-time job, so yeah, (laughs) fantastic. Um, So both studied the same thing at university, uh, both went to the same university, um, and now you're both systems engineers. So 
as I mentioned earlier, and Lizzie's touched upon, there are lots and lots of different um, departments and roles that you can work in um, as a graduate or a placement student at Martin Baker. But today we are going to be hearing kind of more specifically about one particular area. Um, and you've both had slightly different journeys, as you, as you just touched upon. So Matt joined as a grad and Harry on the year long placement. And Jess is going to talk to you a little bit more about those journeys now. Yeah, let's find out a bit more. So, Harry, I'm going to come to you first. So, as he, obviously, as you just said, you um, applied to Martin Baker's placement programme um, after, obviously, seeing it on Gradcracker. So, can you tell us a bit about, you know, why you chose Martin, Martin Baker to do your placement and what really kind of made you stand out, made them mm -hmm. stand up to you even? Well, I, I, I applied for quite a few jobs, um, <laughs> most of the large ones. Um Martin Baker was sort of a, a company that's not quite as large as some of the big airframers. Um, and you end up in sort of a smaller team. You tend to have a little bit more responsibility than, than you would if you were in a similar position at a larger, larger company. Um, and the product that they, they make was very niche. It was uh, interesting. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of areas um, of your engineering degree is sort of encompassed in, one product that's quite an interesting uh, sort of area to get into, to be honest. I'm quite glad you touched upon the uh, the size of business because sometimes I get students ask me that uh, question. You know, what's the benefit of working in a larger company versus you know, say, a smaller company? And that kind of point where you know, sometimes working in a smaller business. And I'm not saying Martin Baker's is even that small, really, but you know, working in a smaller company, you know, the, you can get those responsibilities maybe a lot quicker than you could work in a larger company. So you obviously saw that as a real opportunity. And I think personally, some students really need to understand that, you know, you can take those chances and, you know, they really will pay off in the long run because you could actually maybe climb the ladder a little bit quicker. Um, coming to you then next, Matt, what kind of initially attracted you to, to Martin Baker? Um, yes, yeah, so I echo quite a lot of what Harry just said, to be honest. Um, I think the fact that it was a sort of family-run business itself sort of attracted me more so than other big companies in the industry. Mm -hmm. Sort of being able to sort of contribute more, more meaningfully to like a sort of quite an interesting niche product that isn't sort of, sort of, isn't sort of your everyday sort of typical yeah. um, aerospace like sort of product. So yeah, that was sort of my initial, uh, what sort of pulled me in. Um, yeah, just sort of with Martin Baker being quite present in sort of many different aerospace fleets around the world. So it gives you more of a chance to sort of network with other companies as well, um, which yeah. is quite a good opportunity for sort of, sort of development, I guess, yeah. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. And Harry, coming back to you, what was your experience of the recruitment process? So if you can tell me first a bit what it was like for your placement um, opportunity first. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think I just saw the advert on Gradcracker, sent an email in. Um, as we've touched on, it was an online test, sort of a mechanical comprehension test. And then I was invited to interview a few weeks later. Um, so that was obviously before COVID. So went up there in person. Yeah. Uh, and I think I was offered the job. I think I was the last one to apply. So I think it was the next day or the day after. So it was all quite painless for me, actually, compared yeah. to uh, yeah. some other people's stories of other companies. Mm. So just go back to the test then, because that's something which, um, again, get asked a lot about, you know, tests and what it was like, you know, what was the experience like? Could you kind of talk a bit about that in a bit more detail? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's just a it's an engineering comprehension test. So it's it's not a trick. There are no trick questions. It's all just sort of it's relatively simple. Yeah. Um, just do you think in a way that's 
Um, are, are you intuitively thinking as an engineer? Um, so I wouldn't say it's it's nothing to be scared of on mm-hmm. from from us. I know some companies they're quite difficult. Ours is really just a um, not a filter, but uh, you know it's it's uh, it's not supposed to be difficult. Make no. sure that you understand the basic engineering principles, I, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Didn't uh, Matt, did you have a similar experience then? Did you, you when you applied for the graduate role, you had to go through that particular test as well, didn't you? Um, no, it was quite different to be, to be honest. Uh, oh, to actually supply, yeah, I applied directly by email. So I just CV and cover letter straight to um, sort of the, the, sort of the HR sort of email address on Martin Baker. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just told that I'd be able to come on site for interview, uh, sort of meet people in the office and just sort of, yeah, have an interview, uh, interview plus like assessment, I guess, yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so that, was, that was quite interesting. Um, just sort of went through my CV, sort of like sort of things outside of education as well. Yeah. Uh, then moved on moved on to some more sort of technical sort of um, questions that I suppose are more relevant to ejection seats, sort of um, engineering. Yes, yeah, so that was quite good. Um, yeah, just, yeah, waited a couple of weeks and I just got told um, that I had the job, yeah. Brilliant. Um, I'm glad you actually mentioned as well talking about stuff outside of your education because I'm so glad you're nodding as well, Lizzie, because it's something which I stress and as grad cracker, we stress all the time, you know, it's a good thing to mention those, you know, whether it be volunteering, whether it be part of a STEM society, you know, whatever you do, gardening, reading a book, learning a new language, whatever it may be, you know, it's a good thing to talk about. Lizzie, just to bring you in slightly in on that, you know, why do you like to hear about additional things outside of the curriculum it just shows candidates um a bit more rounded really that they've kind of got other bits and bobs they get involved in obviously we like really intelligent and academic people but it's really good to kind of see what else they've got involved in and whether that is with an engineering bias like you say kind of getting involved with kind of stem societies and things like that or if it is something a little bit different in which case it's something the interviewers will remember you by um Mm. I feel like at the moment there's a lot of people in the same boat looking for very few roles unfortunately due to the kind of circumstances we're in so anything that will just set you apart that will kind of leave a lasting impression in a recruiter's mind is a a really good idea really yeah definitely and so next thing can you Matt and uh, Harry can you give the audience some hints and tips really on what you think made your application stand out should I go for Um, it um well um it probably was the extra uh, extracurricular stuff, to be honest. Yeah. Um, when I was still at school, I, I worked at sort of a, a flying school um, and got my private pilot's license while I was mm-hmm. there. So I was lucky that the, the chap who interviewed me, who's now mine, mine and Matt's boss, um, was really interested in that as well. So that kind of got me in the door. Um, oh, and also it gives you something interesting to talk about at interview. So you're not just, it's it, as an interviewer as well, you want to be able to talk about personal things. Yeah. Um, because you are spending every day with these people as well so they need to know a little bit about you and it's uh it's good to have those especially if it's academically relevant as well yeah a little bit of extra stuff and obviously if it's a, a, a subject in which you're comfortable talking about you're showing off those skills are you to the to the recruiter you're a good communicator you can get the point across um you know correctly and oh that was brilliant and how about how about you matt yeah uh so it's quite a similar sort of experience, really. So my um, sort of the, my boss when I was in a different team before uh, team when I first joined, um, he was uh, sort of quite a, one of those like a uh, like a sort of a regular gym goer, um, sort of into his like sort of fitness and stuff. Um, 
and back at the time I was interested in that as well um so yeah we had a good chat about that and like he was just sort of really sort of interested in what I knew about it and yeah like half of our sort of conversation was just about that and not the actual sort of technical stuff which is quite good um and yeah it just sort of helps relax you a bit sort of just sort of start talking a little bit more and yeah less like less sort of panicky to try and say the right things because it's just your own sort of subject which you know quite well so you can just get more points across and communicate quite well which is good yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing, Lizzie. I think sometimes people might think you are this this ogre that's trying to catch them out. And you're not, you know, that's the thing. I think people forget that, don't they? They're going so nervous thinking, oh, what can I talk about? I'm going to talk about the right things. But ultimately, you just want to have a nice chat, don't you? <laughs> exactly that. If it, if it helps you be less nervous by talking about something you're really passionate about, that's great for kind of everyone involved. It helps us get more from you. It helps you get more from us. So yeah they're definitely kind of coming with those extra things to talk about is good for everyone <laughs> love it brilliant um harry i'm going to come back to you then just because with you obviously doing the placement program it'd be great to kind of tell the audience a bit more about what your experiences was like what it was what you were doing so yeah tell us tell us all mm-hmm. so it's uh, it's not too dissimilar from just a graduate job to be honest you start uh, the whole placements in one department so there's no no moving around, similar to the graduate positions. Um, you sort of get assigned a sort of direct line manager who's normally a recent graduate or someone who's been in a position similar to you recently. Okay. Um, and then you normally end up working on normally just helping them to start with getting you used to the job. Um, there's no, we don't have any sort of things we get the graduates to do. There's no sort of graduate or internship project. It's all actual work. So you start working on the projects that your team is working on. So yeah. I know in some places you, you might do a specific graduate thing that, or intern thing that they work on year after year. Yeah. With us, it's, um, it is actual work. So it gets you used to it really quickly. And you're thrown in the deep end a little bit, a little bit quicker than you might even want at the start, sort of given more responsibility than you think you probably should have. But it's because people <laughs> trust you and... Uh, yeah, it's, well, um, it. you wouldn't, you know, they, they wouldn't give you it if they, they didn't trust you. So it is a twelve-month program, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. So you yeah. started in September. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I started in September. I was offered the job sort of in January, so I sort of left the placement a little bit early and became a full-time graduate instead. But yeah. normally, yeah, it's sort of twelve months, just under twelve months. How did that come about? Sorry, Jess, to jump in um, with the being offered the graduate role. So you're halfway through your placement and then did someone approach you and say, oh, do you know, do you want to stay as a graduate? Or was that you going to? Um, um, I think it was a little bit of both. I think I with some, if you leave some placement students that go after the second year, obviously you can't leave because you haven't got a bachelor's. I kind of semi on purposely took a year out between three and third and fourth year. Um, and then sort of just in casual conversation really with other people in the office was like oh I'm not really sure I want to go back to uni to do the last year kind of can't still here like making money and you know yeah. getting on with your career rather than just uh, going back and then it just sort of job came up and uh, internal job came up saw the advert and thought I'll uh, apply for that and uh, worked out well. Yeah, so see, this is the thing, you know, it really, it does depend on you as an individual, but, you know, it's two really great ways of getting in to the business with two totally different stories. And, you know, I mean, 
Matt, and it's great that you've got your, your masters, you know, no one can take that away from you now. But, you know, it's quite interesting, isn't it, that Harry, you know, now you're doing something really similar, but they're not having to go back and have that additional year. Do you feel, and sorry, Matt, and I don't mean to be negative about your masters, <laughs> but do you, you, you don't regret that then? You, you, you're quite glad that now you've made that decision, Harry, not going back to do your masters? Yeah, I, I think personally, I learned a lot more in sort of the few months that I was on the placement program before I became full-time yeah. then I think I probably would have learned in an extra year of uni it's the change of setting change of pace sort of change of environment um, helps you learn a lot more and there's always the option to go back and do a master's I, I'm pretty certain Martin Baker sponsor part-time master's courses if you want to do it over sort of five years in your own time um, I think oh, that's brilliant. true Lizzie could probably that, confirm actually, but yeah, yeah. there's yeah, always yeah, options to go involved back. with things like that for, for different people kind of it's always a if it works for the um, employee and it works for the business then why not <laughs> yeah, perfect brilliant I think that's um again something that that's that's coming out of these conversations is that it's very much an individual conversation isn't it Lizzie you know whatever that particular person needs you know for Harry it was staying on as a, as a graduate very soon after he joined um, whereas for other, other people, it might be that, you know, I want to go back and do my master's and then come back to Martin Baker after that. And these are all things that you have, um, you know, individual conversations with with each candidate, don't you? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's 100 percent kind of personal. It yeah. means that we don't have like a mold that all of our year and in industries go through. It is very we have obviously a common, um, but there are definitely kind of individual occurrences that we've had. Um, like Harry was saying, if you come between your second and third year, we've had people go finish their degree and then come back to us. We've had people go finish their degree and then do a master's and then come back to us. So two years away from us, then come back. Um, so all sorts of kind of different routes, which is quite nice. Or, or like Harry said, kind of not go back and do the master's and carry on in, in your role. It's all very dependent on the individual. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, so kind of moving on now to, to current roles. So Harry, I'm going to stick with you for now. So you're currently a systems engineer. So when you joined on the placement program, did you join initially in the systems engineering department and then mm-hmm. stay as a grad? Yeah, yeah, I joined as a systems engineer. Started off in the pyrotechnics team. So we were working on uh, specifically the energetic materials, the pyrotechnics. Um, and then semi-recently, myself and Matt have both moved into um new team that we're in now where we're working with uh, um, our mark 16 seat sort of our general topic okay cool so yeah so you guys are working in the same team on the same um, on the same project right now um but just kind of more generally matt what is the role of the systems engineering department what type of things is the department responsible for at martin baker Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it varies quite a lot, to be honest. There's a lot of different as- a lot of aspects to it. Um, I'd say, so number one, uh, we sort of try to help uh, sort of communicate with the customers that come to us to ask us to give them a certain um, projection seat, try and communicate with the customers and understand what they want, break it down into more sort of manageable chunks so we can then sort of give to other teams within the company. So, for example, um, the, customer might, the customers might come to us and say, right, we want to... Uh, an ejection seat for this for XYZ um, aircraft that has this size of a cockpit, for example, um, that can perform uh, meet sort of certain criteria. And we have to then sort of our, our role within systems is then to try and break that down into more sort of manageable chunks, yeah. uh, and sort of so sort of, yeah, sort of identify more sort of uh, small individual needs that we can sort of meet within our sort of within the sort of ejection seat, and we can then work with other departments uh, such as sort of mechanical engineering or um, design uh, support, for example. 
uh, to sort of assess uh, whether we can actually meet what the customers ask us to do, and if if we can if we can sort of um, sort of reasonably meet what they're asking us, then we can sort of go away and start designing it ourselves. And again, yeah, just sort of uh, work with other departments and sort of communicate back and forth to to get the relevant information across. Um, and then yeah, also perhaps once we have built our seat, once once we have built the ejection seat, uh, we then try to. Uh, work with the sort of testing departments to try and sort of um, prove that our, sort of, our seat can meet what the customers asked us for in the first place. So that can be sort of like environmental testing and different sort of temperatures, different um, different altitudes to sort of prove that it can meet, it can perform uh, to sort of the necessary um, ability across different uh, parts of the envelope. So different part, different temperatures, different altitudes um, when the aircraft's being flown, obviously. Um, so yeah, it's quite a it's quite a broad generic role. I wouldn't say it's like sort of one particular sort of topic. You you'll be exposed to a lot of different sort of um, sub sort of ad hoc sort of work within systems. But yeah, it's really interesting. It's good stuff. Exactly. Yeah, it, it, can always, it can vary so much across different customers. There's always different needs that they have that they want to they want us to satisfy for them. Yeah, so it can vary quite a bit, and that's where all, all the sort of design work and testing can sort of feed off of. Yeah. Can I ask so a little bit about this? Sorry. Yeah, I was just going to ask this. Uh, probably the same question, Jess. Well, yeah, I was going to ask about testing. So, you know, I've seen on the Gripacker Hub those videos when um, the pilot has been ejected out of of the sea. Is so surely you're going to have to get to a point where you, you must be like a dummy or something but then who gets to the point goes okay i'll pick me out i'll have a go and i'll i'll sit on it how does that work that process actually work we we've yes. not done live testing for years um, <laughs> I will make that note. health and safety these days does not allow for that right okay um, <laughs> so we have a very good kind of crash test dummy as it were right. um, with i think but I could be wrong here, all sorts of sensors all over it so that we can kind of see the impact of the ejection yeah. on the dummy. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought it was in like, it did do what you do this week. <laughs> and then Matt, have you, as part of the role in the systems engineering team, have you, mm-hmm. have you been able to go and view any of these tests of, of stuff that you've been working on? So you, you do testing at the um, Oxford site don't you yeah at the Chargrove airfield and yeah. also a place in uh, Langford Lodge in Ireland um yeah, yeah I, haven't, I haven't had the chance to see myself just yet um I think I've been given the chance to a couple of times but I wasn't able to um I think we've sort of without COVID I think I might have been able to go by now so yeah I think the, the chance is definitely there um but yeah I think I know a couple of people within the systems department um sort of like a gradual level and stuff have done it themselves so yeah you'll definitely be given the chances to do that at some point I'd say yeah mm-hmm. that'd be amazing I'd love that yeah <laughs> you must be so proud though to feel as though you know you're part of that you know whole process mm. you know it must be a really lovely thing to go to work every day knowing that ultimately your goal is to save lives isn't it that is you know mm. the brief ultimately and that must be a lovely thought that you you're succeeding in doing that and then being part mm. of it all exactly yeah, that absolutely. i mean yeah for myself, because I go to a lot of kind of careers fairs and different events and things, when we're at the air shows, um, ejectees will actually come up and say hi and have a chat with you yeah. and things like that. And anyone from Martin Baker, they will shake the hands and thank you personally because everyone plays a part in, in yeah. essentially the ejection. So 
um, yeah, it's something really special that is very unique to uh, an engineering yeah. business, it, it, especially in the UK, but w- worldwide, really. <laughs> well, well done to Absolutely. all. Absolutely, yeah. It's great work that you do. <laughs> it's incredible, yeah. Mm. Um, Harry, I'm going to shoot across to you now. So both you and Matt have been at Martin Baker for coming up to three years. So you've, you've been involved in multiple types of projects. So Matt just kind of mentioned um, there. And we're going to come on to kind of the current one that you, you're looking at now in, in a minute or two. But um, is there anything that you would say kind of stands out to you of everything that you've done so far as a particular project or work that you've been involved in? Um, probably the work I started on, to be honest. Um, it took probably the best part of a year of working on it mostly full-time. Uh, I was working closely with our French sister company, uh, Sanfro and Martin Baker, on the um, Rafale fighter jet. So they, they wanted a study, basically, to uh, determine whether or not they could increase the ejected mass, so in- increase the limit of the pilot um, size. So that was quite a lot of simulation work, which is another part that we of our, our work. Um, lots of creating uh, ejection models, uh, that simulate sort of the processes uh, and the ejection process in full and then writing reports for customers that sort of detail all this work uh, almost like a dissertation or probably closer in size to a PhD sort of level of uh, work but yeah that was that was good fun it involved a few trips to Paris as well on the company aircraft which is always always a bonus you can't complain at that can you <laughs> no, especially as an intern that's uh, yeah, nice yeah. That's brilliant. And um, just you mentioned there about sort of simulation um, models and stuff that you were doing. Um, so it sounds like within your department, there's lots of different engineering techniques and skills that you need to be able to, to use. So doing an aerospace degree, you, you do kind of have multiple different elements of mechanical, electrical engineering that come into play in that particular degree. But is there a lot of things that you've learned that have been very much on the job um, around that as well? Yeah, definitely. You, As Lizzie said at the start, you can't no one teaches ejection seats you sort of have to pick it up from everything you know just from of your uh, engineer's intuition or your knowledge of similar processes mm-hmm. but in terms of the actual dynamics of how an ejection seat works the physics of what's happening and the timing and everything that goes into it that's uh, definitely something you pick up on the job and that is something that there is efforts put in to make sure you you pick that up it's not just uh, they just throw you in the deep end there's a bit of throwing in the deep end but they make sure someone's always with you to make sure you can uh, you can swim, as it were. <laughs> um, so now you're both currently working on the same project, um, which is I'm going to say this, and then you're going to have to explain exactly what it is because <laughs> I don't really know. So you're working on the same project, designing a variant of the F-35 seat for retrofit into large existing fleets of legacy aircrafts. So what is that, Matt? Please. <laughs> Yes, so if we can start with the F-35 one, um, so that's what, sort of our, our legacy MC we call it here at Matt Baker. So it's one that we uh, we got chosen by Lockheed Martin um, quite a, sort of many years ago now to sort of, uh, for them, for us to represent or to sort of provide them with seats for the F-35 aircraft that they won uh, as part of their own sort of um, contract. Yeah. So I think that's one of the seats that we've probably produced the most of, I think with, with Martin Baker and uh, a lot of our ejections come uh, from that, from the F-35 aircraft itself. Okay. Um, yeah, and I think even now we, we can still continue to produce more um, US 16E seats. That's what's called a US 16E seat for the F-35 aircraft. Okay. Um, 
and yeah, the, the sort of the current project is um, sort of a derivative of that, sort of using that seat uh, sort of to install uh, install the seat into other sort of fleets around the world, um, sort of different countries like Asia. Um, it's, it's one of them, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, are you working with multiple different um, clients on this, or is it just Lockheed Martin? Uh, it's yeah, it's mainly just Lockheed Martin because they sort of then go and sort of provide the aircraft to the, those different clients within around the world. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's mainly just us and Lockheed Martin sort of. Uh, collaborating together to, um, to provide that seat for the aircraft they've sort of given to us, yeah. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. And Harry, you've mentioned that this is your favourite project that you've been involved in so far. But what is it about this project that particularly stands out to you and makes it, you know, really, really interesting? Um, so some of the projects you you get involved in, especially as a intern or a graduate, they sort of halfway through and they've been going on, some of them have been going on for five, six years sort of, time span of projects can be quite large this is the first project for myself at least of this size where we've been able to sort of hit it right from the start as a solid systems team and then hopefully see it all the way through to the end so it's nice it's nice to be able to influence the entirety of a project rather than um, just the end of one there's a lot changes in sort of 10 years or so that a project can go on for sometimes people who start the project aren't working here anymore when when it ends but um, yeah this has been the first one we've sort of been able to hopefully do the entirety of. And when did you start this project then? Um, it's probably about this time last year, actually. Okay. So yeah, ready? probably about probably about 10 months ago. Yeah. Yeah. And how long do you think this project will continue for then? Um, I'm not entirely sure of the timescales, but it's quite relatively rapid project, hopefully sort of three years or so. So hopefully you should be able to see it to completion. Yeah, and then you'll move on to something different within within that department as well. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. What happens, Harry, when you've got like technology advances? You know, you, you know, five six years, as you mentioned, a lot can happen in those years. Mm-hmm. So, how do you, you kind of start a project with all good intention at the time that you're using the most latest technology, but you don't know what's going to happen in six years' time? So, how do you kind of keep that as a factor all the way through the process? Um. Aerospace is probably a little bit slower to adapt the okay. new technologies, mainly because all of aerospace is pretty safety critical. And then what we do is an extra layer of safety criticality on top of that. So a lot of what we do is um, based on things we've already done in the past because it gives us extra confidence. Yeah. Um, it wasn't that long ago that all of our seats were had no electronics on them at all and were all sort of mechanically timed and mechanically controlled. It's only semi-recently that we've moved to using electronics. Do you think how long sort of computers have been around for? Um, they only just kind of got to that level where we can trust them enough to um, basically use them as the brain for our ejection seats rather than um, old-fashioned mechanical timers and mechanical sort of switches and such. That's quite an interesting thought, actually. Yeah, you because of the role that you, you guys are playing and it's so it's all about safety you almost can't risk it then can you You can't almost think all right okay well we'll just change that to that without you know it being tested proven and because you you know the the customer isn't going to want to buy it if you go well this one's new yeah really well tested but we're fine exactly yeah i suppose i've never thought of it like that well, I hadn't either, but it's a good point, isn't it? That you know, new technologies come out, but they're untested, and you can't do mm. something like that when you, you know, when you are, you know, looking after people's lives. Right. So. Yeah. 
So next, I'm going to move on to training and development, if that's okay. So as we've heard, Martin Baker doesn't offer a typical graduate scheme. And some of our audience members might be thinking, you know, you know, how does this work? And what's the ongoing training and development like if you're not on a typical graduate scheme? So Harry, as you started on the placement programme, can we're going to kind of go back slightly to what your experiences were there on the, the, the placement programme and what was the training and development that you received as part of that? Mm -hmm. uh, so I can only really speak for systems because it's quite department specific. Um, so there's sort of, there's internal training and then there's external training. Mm -hmm. um, external training, uh, systems engineering as a discipline is something that's not taught um, to a massive degree in university anyway. Um, some people do sort of niche uh, masters in it or modules in it, but a lot of people don't come to us with much experience. So we tend to have a couple every couple of years or more frequently with, with uh, if we have more people joining a um, external training session to kind of get you up to speed in systems engineering. Um, then in terms of on the job training, there's a lot of support in terms of um, people give um, presentations internally. So of share their knowledge in specific niche areas that they know about yeah um the ejection seats are a niche area but within ejection seats there are, as a small company there's a lot of knowledge in people's heads that they yeah, like to share um yeah. so we have sort of monthly knowledge shares where people share the information that they know mm -hmm. uh, or anything they've they've figured out um yeah that's 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 it really and then obviously you've got your mentor who's a normally someone who's recently graduated or not particularly uh, been there too long so they can sort of yeah. they know what you're what you're going through yeah. uh, and then you've got your sort of line manager above that who should have a bit more experience and be able to teach you through certain aspects uh, and as Matt said there's lots of different parts to the job um, so sort of a tackling depending on what project you're on you tend to tackle certain areas what's relevant to your project and then move on to the next area of the job and that's obviously similar now we are now really talking in your current role in terms of being a graduate and do you find the same thing matt you know in terms of your training development mm -hmm. can you yeah yeah quite similar to harry really yeah so a lot of um a couple of external sort of training courses that we've been given which is quite useful um and yeah so sort of having the sort of one-on-one -on -one sort of meetings with your manager each month helps quite a lot it helps assess what you're doing well and uh, any gaps that you could possibly fill going forward as well yeah they're quite good meetings for me sometimes i think even everyone in the department the, the meetings can last like 45 minutes even up to an hour sometimes you know, it's not like a 10 minutes or just going through a few things and moving on now it's quite a good long meeting you get to sort of go for a lot of things outside of work as well not just work but also non-work related things as well yeah. um so yeah it's really useful you get, you get a lot of sort of good sort of continued support to make sure that you aren't sort of like struggling with anything yeah it's quite good mm -hmm. um i'm gonna bring this up slightly just because um lizzie i know you mentioned it at the beginning about you know being affected by covid you know matt you're actually in the office now aren't you yeah, yeah, um, yeah, correct. Yeah. When we yeah. spoke to Harry yesterday, you were in the office. So it must be nice, you know, as recent grads having the luxury of being able to go into the office, you know, network with, you know, everyone in the team. Um, you know, because we have spoken to some grads recently, haven't we, Surf, and haven't had that luxury yet of being able to meet everyone and being able to do that. So again, it's another, uh, you know, really selling point for Martin Baker in terms of where you guys are at in the industry, how important the work that you guys are doing that, you know, you still need to be going to the office, the offices are still open. Are you guys classed as key workers then? Yeah, technically. Yeah. Defense, yeah. 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 <laughs> 
saving lives <laughs> need to be there um so yeah so that you know it's, it's just the point isn't it that you know even as if you know we don't know where we're going to be this time next year but if you're taking on more grads they will have the luxury of being able to go in and you know meet everyone which is great um just to jump in i just wanted to um ask um, matt or harry whoever wants to take the question really um if there was a specific area that you felt like um at work that you wanted a bit more training on could you go to your line manager or mentor and say do you know what is there anything that I can do externally or additionally to this um to, to get that additional support if you felt like you needed it yeah definitely um not just mm-hmm. that even if it's just a topic that you wanted uh, more knowledge in that you might not necessarily need but you feel like you'd like to learn more about that um you can request to do sort of a um course at Cranfield or similar university okay great yeah, yeah. Just, um, thinking that you know obviously with them like we mentioned about it you know the versus the graduate job versus the graduate scheme that you know that training and development is it's it sounds like it's, it's very personal to the individual like everything we've kind of discussed so far it's very much about what you want and what you feel you need rather than it being designed for kind of a mass group it's very much about the individual. So yeah, I just wanted to sort of see what how that worked. But um, yeah, you can go back to you now, Jess. <laughs> I'm just thinking then, thinking of your teams. Individually, you're almost a quite driven people then. You know, you've got to kind of fish out sometimes, you know, what bits do I want to learn more of? You know, what bits, you know, I suppose you can just obviously carry on, not, you know, don't have to do the extra training. But it's, you know, it's the people that, you know, put their hand up and ask. By the sounds of it, Lizzie, you, you always, you know, give them it. You can give them that extra help if, if they do put their hand up and ask. And, you know, you're open to doing that, which is great. Yeah, I mean, if we can, we'd love to. It's, it's developing our people will eventually develop our products and what we do. And it can only but benefit us. So, yeah if it's something that people want to do we will try our best to do it and if we can't there'll be a reason why and we'll discuss it and we'll see if there's other options and things like that so yeah if if you're willing to kind of put your hand up and say I'd like to do this then we'll talk to you about it kind of thing yeah which is great um Harry gonna come to you and then Matt next if, for the people that are listening, for anyone who's thinking, you know, about applying to, to Martin Baker, what would you say the benefit of doing a role like you are doing at Martin Baker versus a typical graduate scheme? What what would you say that, you know, really stands out and what's the difference? Um, probably, well, most of the stuff we've covered, to be honest, is uh, I don't think you'd get all of that in a larger company. Um, it's very personable teams, the one-to-one sort of relationship you have with a a manager and the um, tailoring of your experience to what you like and what you don't like. Um, In other companies, you kind of get carted around the different uh, areas. That personally wasn't something I was interested in. I kind of wanted to, the systems engineering role sounded like something I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, But equally, if I'd turned up and hadn't liked it, there are plenty of people from the systems engineering department or other departments that have moved around internally, but it's not mandated. It's sort of a, it's a, a lot more flexible, I think, is the key. Yeah. And Matt, how are you? Uh, yeah, I think just quite sort of, um, yeah, I mean, it's in comparing it to sort of a grad scheme where you sort of you know, rotate around the company. I think doing it this way gives you more of a chance to sort of network with other departments as well, especially with systems being quite sort of integral with sort of communicating with all the departments and the customers. Yeah, I think being able to sort of just 
go straight into the deep end on day one and just sort of you know start making your way around the business, getting other people, other names, and stuff, get putting sort of putting yourself out there. It's, it's quite good. Um, and yeah, like I say, for me, it was just a case of just doing a few sort of initial beginner sort of tasks like the first week, first couple of days, and after that, I was ready to just start start on sort of real stuff straight away after that, really, which is quite useful. Yeah. Um, yeah, just sort of start breaking those barriers down that you sort of get when you first start, which I think was quite useful. Yeah, you got to go straight in there. It was really a good way to do it, I think, yeah. Yeah, I think you've both made some great points there because, again, when we're speaking to students, you know, and anyone who's listening now, you know, listen to what Matt and Harry have said because, you know, sometimes you've got to kind of figure out, you know, what do I want? Where can I imagine myself working? What is it? what environment do I want to be working in? And I think once you start to, you know, figure out what company you want to work for, what industry, what kind of role can I see myself working in, then you can then, when you do start to apply, you can be more passionate. You can be more like, no, this is exactly what I want. I know that that I want this. You know, how you said, didn't you? You knew that you didn't want to work in a, in an environment which you, you even were carted around um, into different, you know, different areas. You knew you didn't want to do that. So I can imagine whether you purposely put that in your application or not, it probably did come across in your, when you did apply that you were more driven and more excited for the role because you knew really what you wanted. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, this is why research and spending the time researching and going through the hubs on Grad Cracker and understanding, you know, watch the videos, watch, you know, the the employee profile videos, understand what the employer is saying to you and think, right, is this then right for me? Because sometimes I think students think, oh, right, okay, because it's in that industry, yeah, I'll chuck an application, but do you know what you're applying to? Do you know what the ethos of that business is? And if you know you're right for them, Oh, he's me on my soapbox. They say exactly the same thing that, you know, you do need to understand what's right for you. You know, do you want to work in an organisation where you can take responsibility for yourself from day one? Or would you prefer being in a larger cohort of graduates? You know, there's there's a, a, a there's no right or wrong answer. No. But, you know, doing your research, that's what it's all about, is understanding what that employer is. And I'm really pleased that we've had the opportunity in this webinar to kind of get that message across from Martin Baker, because I think it's so important. And it's something that's um, always the easiest to understand or explain in written form how that actually works. So, yeah, get that message across. I think it's well, it it shows how unique Martin Baker is, you know, right down to what you do as a business, but also how you offer the rules and everything else it's all unique all tailored to the individual it's almost like that family feel all the way through it's sticking to your roots and I think it's it's great so well done can I just add in so I think Martin Baker in almost a bit of a sweet spot in size in that we're big enough that we have options like there are different departments within engineering there's not just the one of 10 people kind of thing but we're not so big that like you say you're kind of lost in the crowd or um and that works for some people to kind of be part of a big cohort but for us like I was saying we've got 17 year in industry starting and that's huge for us but for some areas they take on hundreds and that will look like nothing to them but it just means we work in a different way that we've got 11 different departments with people across them but we've still got quite a few people coming in if that makes yeah. sense so it's a it's a very niche area and we like to think kind of a nice little sweet spot that you get the benefits of a big business and a small business in one yeah yeah 
Um, right, I'm just going to mention, so Matt is going to have to shoot off dead on three, but if we're not quite finished, then we will carry on with just Lizzie and Harry just to finish off. So if Matt disappears, that's why. <laughs> um, I'm very excited by the sounds of it. I will ask what, <laughs> but yeah, something very exciting. Um, but yeah, what I'm going to do is I've got kind of one final quick fire round that we'll just try and get through so that we can get Matt's answer because it, uh, his is really interesting. So, um, so can you tell us one interesting fact about Martin Baker that somebody outside of the organisation probably wouldn't know? And Matt, coming to you first on that one. Yes, this was something that I had no idea about myself, to be honest. Um, and the, it's that um, so Martin Baker have like a sort of partnership, sort of collaboration with their Bremont watch company to um, sort of. Uh, supply a Martin Baker unique sort of watch to those that eject sort of from the Martin Baker um, seat. So yeah, so whenever someone ejects um, out, of our, any, out of any of our seats, um, yeah, so Bremont will sort of uh, give them a sort of specialised Martin Baker sort of logo to watch um, to keep for them, which is quite cool. Yeah. That's fantastic. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's really cool. And you can see all mm -hmm. the stories on them. Um, we're going to put them on Gradcracker and on the Martin Baker website as well about, um, yep. you know, the the people who have ejected in their stories um mm -hmm. and it's, it's really nice that you've got that specific um my voice is just completely gone <laughs> um keepsake for those ejectees as well yeah. so mm -hmm. um harry can i have your interesting fact please um yeah we martin baker worked on um the beagle beagle lander the mars lander which is uh you wouldn't expect from an ejection seat company um Part of the reason is we part of our job we have to model parachute inflation quite accurately because um, obviously it's very important when you're trying to eject quickly from an aircraft how your parachute inflates. So we had the capability to model um, inflating parachutes, which is quite useful for yeah. uh, if you're trying to land a spacecraft on Mars. Ultimately, that did fail that uh, spacecraft, unfortunately. But um, I'm not sure it was our fault. So no. still use that as a fact. <laughs> Sure. before our time it is interesting that if, when you kind of mentioned that to me before the webinar harry i was like i didn't even, i didn't know that i didn't know there was any involvement in, in the space space industry so that's really that's really cool um and then lizzie coming to you what's your interesting fact about martin baker yeah so i will have to read it because i had to ask someone <laughs> as a non-engineer i don't have the best so they said to me the horsepower produced by the rocket motor so the propellant in an ejection is greater than the horsepower on all the cars on a formula one grid combined no there you go. wow that's amazing in one seat that's yeah see i like stats like that you know you can actually picture like that is crazy isn't it yeah, it's mental. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, so that's our interesting background. And just going to come back to you now, Lizzie, to finish off. Um, just to say, you know, is there anything that you would kind of say is the Martin Baker ideal candidate or something that you particularly look for in applications? Sure. So a kind of a tagline is if you're an engineer and you've got drive and passion and you want to be at essentially the cutting edge of aviation innovation, we are the company for you, essentially. Um, more specifically, though, if you've got relevant A-level subjects, a relevant degree, even relevant modules for the roles that you're applying for, it will really set you ahead. Any engineering experience is a great added addition. Um, but essentially, just we want you in your application to be able to demonstrate your interest in engineering, because mm -hmm. without that, we won't be the right company for you. So if you've got that and you can demonstrate that, that's essentially exactly what we need. 
yeah. fantastic. And any other kind of final hints and tips you want to throw out there before before we finish off? Yeah, sure. So the biggest hint from me is know what the different areas of engineering are. Um, you get depending on the degree that you've done quite limited exposure but we have as we kind of mentioned already so many different areas of engineering and we have some very popular ones which mean naturally increased competition unfortunately so I will let you know our year in industry mechanical engineering had a lot more applications than any other area so if you can just get to know the other ones and see what they entail, you might actually find that they're more suited for you. So we spoke with some of our current year in industries um, when before we did the recruitment this year to find out um, kind of how can we boost those areas. And, and they said that kind of they applied actually um, so there's two people, one in environmental test and one in design reliability or design support. They actually applied for mechanical engineering and got moved over to those areas. And they said that knowing what they know now they would have applied for those areas they suit them better it's more with their strengths it's more with their interests and so just by understanding those areas a bit better um they've been able to get something really valuable from their placement um, and especially those two i've mentioned environmental test and design reliability they're not necessarily areas you'd even vaguely touch upon in your degree but they're suitable for year in industries and graduates so it's definitely worth kind of getting to know and understanding those areas so hopefully you've got an insight today um, about what systems engineering do from Harry and Matt but there's so many more areas um, I was talking with Sophie and we're going to try and get some information up on our hub to kind of give a brief overview of what the different areas entail so keep an eye out for that um, but yeah definitely just ask some questions if, and be a bit open-minded for those other sorts of areas um, that could be kind of just as good for you. Brilliant. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, we were having a chat yesterday, weren't we, Lizzie, about getting that information up. So there is, um, you know, lots of information up on, on the hub now around the business and stuff, but we just need that little bit more about the different areas to, to expand. Yeah. And um, so we've lost Matt now, but I'm just coming to, to finish off now. So um, thank you so much to Lizzie, Matt and Harry for joining us today. It's been really, really interesting listening to all your stories and um, finding out more about the company and the, your experiences so far. Um, so right now, everyone who's watching it should be heading over to the Martin Baker Gradcrack Hub to follow them straight away, as they're going to be adding roles throughout the year for graduates, as we've mentioned. Um, and for anyone earlier on in their degree for the year-long placement opportunities will be opening around late autumn. So it's normally around November, December, isn't it, Lizzie, that you open for those? Yeah. Um, and if you head over to the Year in Industry page on the Company Hub for, um, now, in the meantime, you can see all the different areas that you offer schemes in. And like we were just saying, we're going to be adding some more information to that in the coming weeks. Um, and make sure you follow them to be alerted to those opportunities later in the year. Now, as always, this webinar will be available for you to re-watch and share with your friends tomorrow on the Martin Baker Company Hub and in the Gradcracker Career Centre. And then keep your eyes peeled for the edited highlights next week. So sadly, this is going to be my last webinar for a little while as I'm going to be going on maternity leave in a couple of weeks. So I'm leaving you all in the very capable hands of Jessica and Carla and I look forward to being back again next year. And next week, Carla and Jess will be joined by CGG who are a world leader in high-tech geoscience. So don't miss out, register now and we'll see you all soon. Bye. Brilliant. Thanks everyone. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.